How's that? Is that better? Yeah. Turn this phone sideways. I got my I got my hair buds in. So the, uh, that's my driver, my nephew. Well. Okay, how's hey, that? Stu, Stu, this is Justin Kazepis, new owner of WSIC. Mark's heard, I've heard a lot about you from Mark. Nice to meet you, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, you. good. Yes, sir. And congratulations As you can on, see there, on you everything. You see yourself when we have you up. So just heads up. Okay. It's not a technical glitch, right? Like on the box you're seeing, that just means on the A10 video puncher, we just have you punched up. So go ahead and cut real quick back to Tom on the A10. So there you go. Now you see Tom. I see you, Tom. Sounds good. Okay, go to the chicken place. Hey, good to see you, man. Yeah, his picture's not coming yeah, in that well. Okay. Oh, yeah, good to see you. So we're uh, going to have a couple of four segments here, and uh, I wanted to talk to you. Uh, by the way, can you hear me well? Loud and clear. Good. Very good. Um, I wanted to talk to you about... Uh, Issues that are current, Mary, right now in The Sound of Freedom. Have you seen that movie? Tonight, 7 o'clock. Okay. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Uh, I said enjoy it. You'll, you'll, not so much an enjoyable movie as it is an eye-opening movie uh, dealing with the child trafficking. And, uh, yes, sir. It's such a horrendous thing. Is that your son there? Yeah. he's. Um, let me just tell him. It's, uh, it's called um, Hot Chicken. It's on 4th Street downtown. Winston Salem. It's not called that, but Timmy's. Timmy's, yeah. Timmy's. West Fifth Street. All right. Yep. Yeah, go there. Just be very careful with driving. Is that what it'll look like when you do the video? No, he's going to be out of the picture. So I'm going to go over here like this. Yeah. There we go. Okay. I just had to give him my prompt, so we're yeah. we're on well, a tight when schedule. We first, uh, when we first came on, uh, it was uh, a little blurry, but now you're you're coming in very nicely. Oh, awesome. And your glasses look cool, too. Oh, I could take this off. Is that better? Uh, either way. Works better. Yeah, probably like better. Okay, yeah. Terminator look. You know, you, gotta you watch look that. more honest with you. You can see the whites in your eyes. <laughs> oh. so, yeah. Careful. 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 you. So, uh, I am, we're going to have four segments. All right? Nine and a half minutes the first segment and a couple of 12-minute segments. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right, here we go. We're back. And uh, I want to talk to you about uh, children, everything related to children today. Sound, okay, particular sounds good. Topic and things like that. The border. Um, Mike touching a little bit about conspiracy theories of some sort, right? Yes. But uh, And uh, the issues of good and evil in the world. And, Just uh, jump right in, brother. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, let's go with three, two, one. Oh, have to introduce yourself, by the way. I'll introduce you. As Drew Epperson Jr., founder of Truth Network, but then you say something about yourself. Yeah. Good morning. This is Tom Clark, Papa Tom, with the Father's Heart Talk Show. And I have with us today a special guest. Stu Epperson Jr., the founder of Truth Network. Stu is the son of Stu Epperson Sr., who founded Salem Communications. And uh, we are going to be talking about children today in all shapes and forms because it's so close to the Father's heart that all of us are God's children. When God doesn't have any grandchildren, he just has children. This is the first generation to us. And as a father, grandfather myself, I know I have grandchildren and grandchildren. And I don't think Stu's old enough now to have grandchildren yet. But uh, that being the case, he is a child. We're all children of God. 
And so we want to talk about things. We'll address this sound of freedom movie and things that are happening in the country today having to do with children, child trafficking, and the good overcoming evil. So with that in mind, Stu, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background. Well, thank you for that kind introduction. You covered a lot of it really well there. I'm a, a child of the king, most importantly, in honor to be in his family as a son of the most high. I'm father to four precious daughters, wife to a uh, husband to a wife named Julie. And I got it. You want to get over. Thank you. And I am uh, granddad to a little guy named Walker. Oh, you are a grandfather. And, I didn't know that. Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> you too uh, young to be a grandfather. Well, I appreciate that. And then I've Love to spread the new good news of Jesus on the radio and spend most of my time now trying to mobilize others to share the gospel wherever they go, because the answer is found in the gospel and in the hope we have in Christ. So that's what we do at the Truth Network. And we're honored to appear on programs like this that are making a difference as well. How many stations you now have with Truth Network? We got about 50 signals total little AMs and FMs around the country. And then we've got about 400 affiliates that carry our programming. We syndicate uh, 10 or 15 programs like Lantern Rescue, which is basically the top human trafficking, and maybe the only that I know of, human trafficking radio show once a week where they actually are in the Humvee with a microphone on the satellite phone with the producer telling about what just happened. Wow, I didn't know that. When they're saving these little girls and boys out of horrible situations hmm. i didn't realize how deeply you were involved in that already um yes sir i've seen so, the movie a sound of freedom twice my wife yes. and i did and i understand you're seeing it tonight uh it's it's really revealing it's it's almost shocking uh to normal people to see what that movie has to relate because it's based upon absolutely true events and it's really uh, horrific how evil yep. has uh so much invaded our world right now with um, with child trafficking, it's probably the number one evil that is expressing itself in the world, and uh, unfortunately, America is the number one market for uh, child yep. trafficking. It's that right. statistic to uh, realize the the factual truth of that. So, with that in mind, it, I, I uh, wanted to ask you some questions about um, you know you've been experiencing a lot uh, because of the network that you have. You get a lot of information come across your desk all the time. And uh, it seems to be the, the issue of the um, critical issue of the day. It's, it's, I really believe it's what uh, evil is overreaching itself by getting involved with uh, child trafficking and, and promoting that and, and brazenly doing it. You know, the word apocalypse means uncovering. And uh, it also means to take the lid off. And we're at a time of the apocalypse, which is the taking of the lid off. You know, a lot of people are scared of that word and they say apocalypse. I think the end of the world is coming. It's not the end of the world, it's the end of an age. And the end of an age is an uncovering of what evil has done uh, to us as, as people, as the children of God, and the revealing of what that is happening. So um, it's something that uh, I think is uh, very important for us to see uh, what God's doing in terms of taking the lid off and, and exposing uh, this, this horrific evil. So what are your thoughts uh, about that? Well, I'm glad the move. The, I'm glad the movie is out. The movie's doing really well. It, it's already beat out Indiana Jones. It's gonna beat out Mission. It's gonna beat out Mission Impossible, and it's the the left. 
uh, and, and, and all the folks that traveled to Epstein's Island that obviously uh, are paying a lot of money to cover that up are not happy with the movie. They hate it. And you're like, why aren't they on the sideline cheering for it? Why is this lady who is Epstein's trafficker, coordinator, personal daily aunts, personal assistant, why has she been in jail for nearly two years and not one name of any powerful senator, president, congressman, actor, billionaire has been released? That's all in that book. Makes you kind of wonder a little bit. And, and if they don't want it, the networks don't want to cover that. They just want to bash this movie. So mm-hmm. everyone needs to go see it. It's based on facts. It's based on these little girls, average age, 7 to 12, 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. average number of customers, eight a day, sometimes 10. They're, they're doped up strongly with drugs. Some of them don't even know their name. And it's happening all over the place. And it's happening in America. We're feeding it. The West is feeding it. And this is this this movie will be a, be a, is doing a great great deed to expose it, and programs like Lantern Rescue, one of our Truth Network programs that's on a bunch of stations, we've got it on two or three hundred stations nationwide, mm-hmm. are there to bring this kind of evil to the light. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot you can do. Uh, a lot, there's a lot everyday people can do, but mm-hmm. you know, how hard is it to go buy popcorn and go buy a movie ticket? And that's a, sure. this, so this is a simple way. You've already bought a couple of them and I'm taking, we're taking our whole family tonight. So we're yeah. excited and we're grateful for these guys to have the courage to do this. You know, most people don't may not realize, but the movie was actually made, uh, started to maybe made seven years ago. It was mm. completed about five years ago and Disney bought the rights to it and then kept it on the shelf. Because yeah. Disney has really gone woke, because Billy's really gone right. to the dark side, and Disney didn't want this show to be sh- this movie to be shown, which is yeah. sad commentary on Disney for perspective for those. I was growing up, and uh, I always felt that uh, Disney was like as white as the driven snow. I mean, they were like purity. Yeah. As we uh, everybody wants to go to Disneyland and watch Disney movies, and you're not realizing how much children were being programmed through it. And, right. Uh, there was a conspiracy theory would say that the CIA and and different people who are promoting evil in the deep state are using vehicles like Disney to get to our children. So that's a really bad thing, but uh, it's by the grace of God's coming out now, and God's timing is perfect. And uh, I believe it was Angel Studios bought it from Disney, and they were the ones that are able to release right. it, and they're actually following a business model similar to that, because when you go to the movie, you'll be able to buy extra tickets. You can buy five extra tickets or something like that, I think it's uh, $15 a ticket. I think it's $75 uh, for five tickets. And you can promote it and then give the tickets away. They've already That's sold great. over 2 million uh, tickets. So they, uh, they're really doing a, a bang-up job for, uh, for the Lord and for the kingdom and bringing out uh, the truth, as you said. The other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, what struck me with overreaching of evil, because uh, evil is, tends to be very proud. And uh, it's that pride that was going to bring them down. Um, Last month, as you know, was Pride Month. And there were parades all around the country, all around the world. Uh, but in America, there was these LBGQ, people were parading. And they were saying, we're, we're queer, we're here, and we're coming to get your children. Right. And, and that was sort of like, a, you know, I think a, uh, how would you call that? A, an explosive things to parents to realize, oh, this, you're not coming after my children. And it's, it was, uh, I think, a, what do you call it, a spark of, uh, 
a reaction against it. And this movie is coming out at the same time, came out on July 4th. Um, so we're going to have to take a break here in a few minutes. But uh, you got about 30 seconds, uh, Stu. What was the uh, reaction to those things about overreach? Well, Disney is a, a brand, an institution that is geared toward children. Walt, Disney's, Walt Disney obviously would be turning over to his grave if he if he learned that his, his company that he started to help children, to help dreams come true, to put smiles on faces was, was grooming and a part of advancing this evil, nefarious darkness that's out there. Disney is, uh, you watch, you watch, they'll probably take a hard right turn here in the next few months. And I'll tell you why, because their theme parks, this July 4th was the lowest attendance at their theme parks in the last 30 years, Amazing. the lines, the lines were short. There's a wall street journal report came out just yesterday that said the article said that for the first time, there's plenty of elbow room at, at, at the theme parks because yeah. pe- people are turned away from going. Like you yeah. want to attack my kids. I'm not going to go to your so right. pay money to you. Nor should and they. There's the, and there's good people that work there and there's good things about it. And, and I'm not saying I'm not going to go there, but my point is their movies are down. Someone said uh, hundreds of millions uh, their last movies, you know, they, they make they make a movie about a cartoon movie that's horrible. that has got all kinds of gender confusion and nonsense in it. And it tanks. They're laying off people at, at, at ESPN just rolled out a list of some pretty famous people that they had to fire, yep. to, you know, because they're losing money. Their stock is down. And just go ask Target. Go. I'm not a drinker, but just go ask Bud Light. Yep. You know, and so, you know, if these if you want to attack our family. We're not going to sit back and take it. And, you know, well, you're going to cancel me. Well, I don't really care who cancels who. We're going to do what's right. And so if more Christians would, would get a backbone and step up and stand up and, 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 you know, with some common sense and in a gracious way, say, hey, guess what? Sorry. Right. But we're going to draw the line. And so thanks for your show and what you're doing to bring attention to it. All right. We have to take a break here for a second now. Still, we'll be back in another moment. All right. Okay, we're taking a quick break. So when we get to the joint, we'll go right in, okay? We got an order. Where your statistics Do I keep going? All over the place. Well, you read the wall. Yeah, let's go, man. We're ready. Right, keep going. So uh, any more thoughts about, about Disney and not just Disney, but woke corporations like Disney? You mentioned Bud Light. There's about half a dozen of them now, maybe six or eight different institutions that are uh, showing their true colors, if you will, and uh, yeah. really going against, uh, going after our children. It's not just the child trafficking and the they grooming for that. Uh, well, there's child trafficking, then there's grooming for pedophilia, then there's transgender. I mean, all these uh, evil thoughts are out there attacking the children from right. several different directions. Right. Well, well, well listen, you got to understand the, the heart of it is, uh, at the heart of what you're seeing in our country is driven, don't do that while we're driving, is driven by Karl Marx. And you have a Marxism ideology that says, look, if, if, if capitalism succeeds, then socialism, communism and Marxism is going to die. And so because that's their bent, that's their, their philosophy, uh, you know, it, it's not an insult to Fidel Castro to call him a communist. That's what he is. He's proud of it. That's what his, his spouses and his good buddies who are running our country, Barack Obama and his sweet very sweet little uh, uh, older gentleman with Alzheimer's who, who all the talk radio people are making fun of every day. I don't know why they make fun of a, an older guy, a grandfatherly kind of guy. 
He's not running anything. He's getting his orders from other people. But their ideology is to 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 make Marxism flourish and socialism flourish. In every culture, every time that that's been pushed, the culture has died. Look at Venezuela. Look at the Eastern Bloc. Look at the Eastern Europe. Look at Romania and Albania. They're waiting in lines for hours. Look at Russia. Look at the you know where where communism and socialism and Marxism, which are all very close cousins, and so their product, their 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 goal is to destroy the family, and really they don't care about families. They don't care about minorities. They don't care about people who are gender confused. But they use those issues to create division and to create anger and to and to create a societal distractions and destruction in order to bring upon bring a wave of 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 this this marxist revolution you know to to, to bring in their their socialist utopia they think it's going to work in america which is not but here's how it's backfiring on them mm-hmm. americans who have less money in their pocket than they ever did who are paying more for gas than they ever have who are paying more for food and for everything else that they've ever had, they're paying more money for everything because we have a because we can't depend if we're going to socialist regime. So that's why they've cut that off. That's their ideology at work. That's all it is. I'm not insulting them. I'm not. I'm not. They're they're just doing what they're built to do. They're, you know, it's not insulting to call a cab driver a cab driver. He drives a cab. That's what he does. And these these socialists, that's their goal, their agenda, to take out capitalism. One of the bedrock anchors of capitalism is a is a moral absolutism or a you can't turn here or a moral foundation that's based on marriage that's based on Ju- the judeo-christian ethic that makes our country great that has to be destroyed for their philosophical and political agenda to succeed the two cannot coexist and so in their in their effort to destroy that and to entice and to enlist the corporate entities of America to do that, like we're talking about ABC and Disney and those guys, um, they are they start they're starting to realize. Wait a second, people, the, we've made it harder for people to spend money because we made we we've made everything cost more, and we've we've we're buying oil from our enemies, so gas has gone up. So therefore, people aren't spending their money with these woke companies as much anymore. So now it's really hurting all their allies who are propping them up. So now these companies that were once woke are starting to become more awake. And regular Americans are starting to say, wait a second, we're not taking this junk anymore. We're not going to go out of our way to spend money at such and such place and support them attacking and grooming and trying to destroy our children. And so it's an interesting to see, watch this play out. And it's also emboldening people who kind of been on the sidelines, not really doing much in the cultural battles to wake up. Even pastors are now speaking about this. Yeah. You know, even even pastors are now saying, hey, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You know, we need to honor Christ in all that we do, including um, how we spend our hard earned money. You know, it's really not our money. It's God's money. So it's it seems like there's a, a, a groundswell of positive momentum and i'm really hoping it will continue and hoping we will wake up because the uh the nazi party in germany eric metaxas has written a couple of books on this papa tom yep. uh 
and a letter, a letter to the American to church. You've read it. Yeah. And he basically said, look, the church in America is very close to where the church in Nazi Germany was. Yep. And, and, and who did Hitler go to first? He went to the churches. Yep. You know, we've mentioned hey, before we, about yeah. Marxism and socialism, which is true. However, I believe that the, the real evil, the evil people in the world that are trying to run the world are just using Marxism and socialism as a tool. But it's, it's really in their minds they're headed to totalitarianism. And totalitarianism yes, exactly at the end of that, that, that uh, sequence of events, it's like the, uh, the Marxists are killed by the socialists, the socialists are killed right. by the communists, the <clears throat> communists are killed yeah. by the fascists. Fascism right. is, a, is a, the more extreme part, and, and fascism is a cultic. Yes. But fascism yes. is involved in demon worship and, and, and satanic rituals and so on, for power. Yep. And it's, uh, you mentioned the book by um, Eric Metastas, The Letter to the American Church. The, letter, the churches are standing up, finally, getting away from general apathy, greatest yes. general in the world, general apathy, and uh, starting to react. They're starting to react, and it's not that they want to do away with private sector. They just want to control everything. It's right. always about power and control. So in the fascist world of looking at things, the uh, fascists want to control the corporations. And that's what mm. we're seeing with Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch and Disney and North Face. And uh, I can't mention, I, I can't think of all the other ones, but at least about six or eight, there's probably a dozen, you know, uh, major corporations that are foregoing the revenue that we talked about because they have a, another agenda, which is more of a monopoly through a fascist organization. Right. It's all about power and control. So they're always, they're always tied into a, well, well, we'll take care of you later. They're talking to the CEOs of these corporations. Uh, we got this new program called ESG, where we'll wipe out all your competition. You'll be the only one left, right? So people are buying on to that lie, and they're willing to uh, promote satanic eventual, uh, agendas and all the other theories that are taking away our freedom. And that's when the people starting to resist with the children. But you start to realize even beyond the children, it's the issue of freedom. We live in a country yeah. that our founding fathers created, we the people. And the power should belong to the people, not to, an or not to a group of elites operating that's out of exactly Washington, right. D.C., where there's a concentration of mm -hmm. power. And they're trying to operate through those elites, creating a uh, totalitarian operation. They don't even want to have elections. And we talked about election fraud. Uh, if these people had their way... Wait, they, I personally believe that they stole the election back in 2020, uh, and they've gotten both the Democrats and the Republicans, three, half of them or three-quarters of them, and they're able to do that because they control the whole election process. But in their druthers, they would not even want to have an election process. They don't see it as a democratic republic. They want to have a fascist organization with right. no elections, with <clears throat> control, control everything. And to get there, they're willing to steal elections to get people... Uh, in a political office that have basically been paid off. Yeah, and that's right. So you control the elections, you control the media, you control the social media, you you control the, the corporate elite, and that's what we're seeing. And so really it's going to be, what was it, Edward, Edwin Burke, who was who it that said, you know, that's him. Good things happen, you know. When, when you know, evil happens when good people, good men, do nothing. Right. And so you have a lot of folks saying, "Well, you know, I don't know." I talked to a guy at the gym the other day. He says, "Well, I've never heard of a drag show for children. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't see it. I don't see that happening." Well, you know, welcome to California. Like, why do the why do these drag artists want an audience 
with little kids? Why are they showing pornographic videos to, to five-year-old kindergartens? Why, why are they even talking about sexuality to four-year-olds, three-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds? You know, why can't they just let them be kids? What, what is this? This is evil and it's driven by literally from hell. And you got all these people justifying it. And so it's really, you know, it's really going to come down to are people going to, are people going to stand up for what's right? Even if it costs them their job, people are losing their jobs. They're getting fired. People are uh, out of work in this tough economy, you know, for taking a stand for what's right. But people are speaking up and people are like, maybe I should join the school board. Maybe I, you know, well, Christians should be in politics. Well, there's some godly people in politics. Maybe we should support them. You know, maybe there, there, maybe there is a way to, to be in public policy and even in politics and be kind and be gracious and still speak the truth. You know, the most so, important, yeah. uh, Scripture tells us the most important member of our body is our tongue. There you go. And, 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 and just what you're doing, I mean, I was in the financial services industry for about 38 years, and then I retired from that, and I said, talked to the Lord about where I want to transition to, and he trans- said, I'm going to transition you to media. So he initially started doing media in the form of writing children's books, Papa Tom's Tales, A Grandfather's Bedtime Stories, each story dealing with fear. And the theme was always bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers. That's good. And the last statement there is, lest I smite the land with a curse. And two Mm. weeks ago, I found out what that curse was. That curse is fatherlessness. That's it. And that's what we're suffering across the country is fatherlessness because he's not connected. The, The Children are not connected to their fathers. No father would allow his children to undergo uh, the litany of various uh, um, transgender, transvestite, um, critical race theory, all these different things, if you expose it to any kind of a father who's thinking. Right. right? He doesn't want his kids involved in anything. He doesn't want his kids groomed. He doesn't want his kids stolen. When you see the movie Sound of Freedom, watch what happens to the father in the movie. Guy goes berserk. And with that, I want to take a quick break, and then we'll go on to the next question. Sounds good. I got to let me text my next meeting. Okay. He was texting somebody, so he'll come back on. Why don't you stop it? And then Willie gets back on again, and we'll stop it. I'm fine. Okay, sorry. That was about, you got 10 seconds left in our break, which is fine. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay, good. You got about a 60 second break in between there, so you have to do something to do that. I'm walking in my lunch meeting, but I'm going to keep you guys on. Y'all are doing great. Yeah, we only have two more sections. About 24 minutes. All right, awesome. How many more minutes? 24. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Four. Okay, uh, I want to ask you another question because I was showing the uh, in the movie we said about the sound of freedom, 
you'll see right in the beginning an issue with the father and how uh, two of his kids were um, solicited in a very uh, deceptive way that he thought they were going into the entertainment business and they were stolen. Right. Um, the, uh, and, he, and he would do anything he could to get his children back. And every once in a while, I, not every, every day I talk to people about their relationship with their father. I just was going to uh, deposit some things in a Spectrum store and the man I was dealing with was a guy named Shah and I was asking about his father and he says, well, my father and I don't talk. And I said, well, that's not good. He says, no, I, I, you know, it's a very sad part of his life. So I prayed for him that his, his relationship with his father would come back. Great. Now, oh, I know good. I never met your dad, but I can tell from my conversations with you that you've got a very good relationship with your dad. Um, could you imagine your father's reaction if when you were a child growing up, uh, he allowed you to get exposed to any of these things that the children today are being exposed to? Yeah, it'd be horrible. No, that's good. Yeah. That's been, that's made a difference in my life, having a father there. And, you know, t going back, Tom, to what you're talking about, it's interesting that the problems are so much easier to rail on about and be upset about and identify and complain about. The solutions are so much harder to implement. Let, let me let me illustrate. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder for all the dads listening to pick up their phone get off their phone, call their daughter, take her on a date tonight and talk to her and put their phone face down and hang out with her and spend some time with her. That's hard work, but that's going to pay off eternal, eternal dividends. Go take your son fishing, spend time, take him to ice cream, go take a kid who doesn't have a dad, take him out and pour into him and make, make an investment in a young person. Mm -hmm. That right there is, um, that right there is powerful but that's harder. That's harder to do. It's easy for me to come on here and talk about how bad it is out there. Can you believe they're doing this? And there's a lot of hot air and wasted oxygen. Oh, in the room, you know, about the problems when we're, we're not about the solutions. That's what I love about your ministry and your books is you've got a lot of good solutions, uh, Tom, and that's what we need to be about. And sadly, people of faith, you know, a lot of times are more known for what we're against than what we're for. And that's sure. got to change. You know, two, uh, two people bought my books uh, the other day, and I went to the post office just today, and uh, I went up to the counter, and I saw the man was there. His name was Omar. And uh, I found out later was, I bought some stamps. I told him I was mailing the books. He looked at the books and so forth. I said, so what are they? I said, Papa Tom's Tales, Children's Books. Said, oh, what is it about? And I tell him the whole story. And then he says, I said, I have an extra book here. I'll give it to you. And he was like shocked, you know? And I said, you know, most of the people who buy the books are the grandmothers and the mothers. I said, but I really like the father to children. I said, I will read this book to my, my ch children. He says, I, I need something. I'm looking for something to do with my children. I said, you read uh, good books to your children, and you'll create memories with them that will go with them for the rest of their lives. And they'll all, your relationship. The Father's Heart Talk Show and the books are all about relationships. It's all about connection. It's all about connecting on a natural level. And I know very strongly, uh, Stu, that you're kind of motivated to be an evangelist. And there's nothing more um, drawing than the love of God the Father. Mm. And if you deal with people on a natural level and talk about their natural relationships with their father, right, that's so important to them. 
And that's what I've learned because I don't see myself as an evangelist necessarily, but I'm also stepping into being an evangelist because I'm talking about the love of God the Father and everybody wants the love of their natural right. father. It's, it's a natural no, crossover sure. to the love of God the Father. And then you yeah. say, well, how do you get that? And then you get into the story about, you know, uh, introducing him to the Lord because it's through his son that you get a connection with the Father. And they, once they see that that's how the way it is, they don't give you any intellectual arguments that there's different ways to God and all that other stuff. They, they, they don't even bring up that as an argument or a position. It's always about the love of God the Father. And it's always about the love that a child wants from his own father. Their whole identity is wrapped up in that. Their whole, it, it, you don't even have to convince them intellectually. They, they viscerally understand, they viscerally desire uh, from the deepest parts within them. They want the love of their father, their natural father. And there's, there's so many people that are not willing to be that to their own children. And yet they realize that there's so many distractions, there's so many things going on in their life about their work, their job, or whatever else that they have in front of them that interferes with that connection. And those connections have to be reconnected. And that's what the book's about. That's what the podcast is about. That's what this show is about. It's connecting back uh, on the natural level at one level, but also on the supernatural level. It goes hand in hand. Um, and this, to me, is the solution to, if, if we can overcome fatherlessness in our country, we can overcome every evil that comes against us. Every evil will be defeated. It, it, it can't even stand in the way. And that's why I think from the 1960s I've seen uh, the uh, the feminist movement and so forth who is evil trying to knock out fathers, knock out the fathers from the different communities, knock out the fathers from people who had father-like characteristics that wanted to protect, provide, and mentor. Take them out of the picture. Take them out of the family. Take them out of the government. Take them out of every social organization. Uh, the women's movement, you know, was trying to correct the wrong in a wrong way. There were there were men who were abusing women, and there were. There, it, they were wrongs, no question about it. They were wrongs there, but to take the men out is not the solution. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, can you can you hear me still, yeah. Papa Tom? Okay, okay, good. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the ultimate solution is the connection with Heavenly Father, true, and 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 His love, because that's where it all comes from. And so, in that, in as much as this great statement that was made by who knows who, you know, we, we give credit to C.S. Lewis or Chesterton, whenever we give these profound quotes, it wasn't for me, but one of these great thinkers said, you can't give away what you don't have. True. And so, you know, Jesus said in John chapter 15, I believe it's verse nine. He said, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. And then he said, abide in this love. Now that's a profound statement. Because he's saying in that statement that God's love for Christ is through him extended to us the same love that God had, the Father had for the Son. So the question is, is that the love, is his love coming in me so? Am I content with, am I abiding him, and am I satisfied with, am I healed by his love? Have I been there to him to be healed so that I can, in fact, give it away? Mm -hmm. So it flows to me in order to flow through me out to others. And naturally, my primary mission field are those, those little ones and little grand ones under my own roof that I have direct access to, to speak into their life. And that really does solve so many problems in the culture. 
And as an evangelist, what I'm trying to do is connect people to their heavenly father who made them and created them and sent his son. He was separated from his own son so he could be united to you. That's the power of the gospel. God made him who had no sin Mm -hmm. to be sin for us, that through him we might become his righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5.21. So it's a brilliant picture of the gospel there. And so we are conduits, that same passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the verse prior, verse 20 says we're ambassadors. We're not from here. This isn't our home, but we're ambassadors spreading, dispensing, dispersing, distributing that love through our words, our lips, our actions, and even how we communicate on this show. Every single politician I've named in this segment, in the last segment, the segment before, I need to pray for them that they'll find the Father's love because until they find that Father's love, they're going to continue to live in the evil they're living in, and they're going to continue to promulgate that evil because they have no other... They're going to, their father, like Jesus said to the the scabs and the parasites in John chapter eight, he said, your father is the devil. Mm -hmm. He deceives, you deceive. He lies, you lie. Mm -hmm. He kills, steals, and destroys, John Mm -hmm. 10, 10. Mm -hmm. But I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. So get, you know, that, that, that connection is critical. That's why it's only, he's the only way. That's why he's the way, the truth, and the life. Because it's the only way to connect to the father. You can't go any other way. You can't use Buddha. You can't, you can't use any other religion. You can't use any other means of earning it. You can't redeem yourself. You can't, you can't get there any other path that you try to get there. So I, I agree with you 100%, and I, I want to mention a little story for our audience that when I was a young man, young, younger than I am today, and a young father, my firstborn child, I realized I had this uh, sort of catharsis in my mind when my firstborn child was born, that I didn't know how to love him, or my firstborn son. And I said, I didn't want to be like other fathers that I had known that uh, made, seemed to make their relationship with their sons conditional. So a lot of fathers would, would name their children after themselves. So I'm, I'm, my name is Thomas, and they would name their kids Thomas. I didn't want to name him after me because I know I didn't, that he was unique, and God created him uniquely. So he's not going to have my same name. God gave me what his name was. It was Isaac. And he said to me, um, I realize I don't know how to love him. I don't want to love him like I've seen so many other fathers doing, even my own dad, that made love seem like it was conditional. You know, son, you do the right things and I'll love you, based upon these conditions. And I knew that wasn't God's love for me, and I didn't want to have that love for him. So I was asking the Lord and I prayed. Uh, I used to walk around uh, my we used to live on about five acres of land. I would have a snuggly, and I'd go for walks with my firstborn son. He was like a couple of months old, two or three months old. Father, teach me. Show me. Not teach me. Show me. Show me how to love my son unconditionally like you love me. What does that feel like? What, what does that sense? Because I, I can't do it naturally. I've not been taught how to do it. I've not been trained how to do it. I don't know how to do it. You've got to show me, Father, how to love him like you love me. So that connection with God the Father is critical, essential to being a father. You can't be a good father if you don't know God the Father. And if he doesn't impart to you his thoughts, if he doesn't impart to you his love, as you mentioned before, you can only give what was imparted to you. So if you weren't imparted with the good love of God the Father, if you weren't imparted with uh, the perfect love cats out all fear, then how can you impart that to someone, your son and your children, or to anybody else for that matter. 
It's got to come from that primary connection. And that's what Malachi 4, 6 fundamentally indicates or shows. Bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the father is a, is a story about connection. Lest I smite the lamb with the curse, which is fatherlessness. Mm. But I don't want fatherlessness. I want that connection natural. How do you get the ne- connection natural? You don't know how to love. You've got you to gotta find that from God the Father. You've got to have that connection. And isn't this scripture interesting where it says, um, when Jesus brought out the point about, you know, when you ask, when your children ask you for a, uh, a, uh, a loaf of bread, you, the father, even being evil, your father's being evil won't give them, right, a, a stone if they ask for a loaf of bread. And even if your natural fathers who are being evil will do good things for their children, how much even more so will God the father uh, give us what is good for us? And we've got to understand it's, Everything that comes from God is the father of lights. Everything that comes from God the Father is always good. It can't possibly not be good because he's a good, good father. Absolutely good. And with that, we need to take a break. Thank you. Okay, so we're off for about 60 seconds. Okay? We've got one more 12-minute section. Coming along. I'm getting better. Yeah. No, I think we're fine. I wish that that picture was better. Yeah. In the video we're going to do, is that going to show up? Will it show up that way or will my picture show up? We're cutting back. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a text. Yeah, but I'm saying if the if the live feed on the video looks lousy, I'd rather them show me than which looks good than show him. I pick up his voice, right? But show but show the good looking guy. Yeah. Hey, hey, Stu, you got a face for radio. The, the, the rawness of it, though. There is a market for. Okay. All right. All right. We got we got twenty seconds. We cut off the break on the, on the taping. We got twelve minutes left after we start again. What do you want to oh, talk yeah. about? The third, the fourth section. Whatever you want to hit me with, man. Whatever you're passionate about. Uh, I think the next last part we're going to address is this uh, uh, transgender and grooming the kids for transgender. How's that? Excellent. That's good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. And parental rights, that's, a, that's huge. Whew. That's big. Gosh. How they're taking away parental rights so that they can groom their kids. I mean, that's, that's the reason behind it. Yep. Okay, here we go. Here we are back live again with Stu Epperson, Jr. And we're going to address a very, very difficult question here about transgender, taking away parental rights from our children in the public schools so that they don't have to get the parental rights so they can groom the kids for both for pedophilia and also for changing and uh, changing their genitals, uh, mutilating the genitals. I mean, this is, this is sick. This is, this is where, you know, right in the very beginning, God the Father, as you know, um, Stu, has told us to be fruitful and multiply. And the whole LGBTQ community and that whole, not the community, but the thoughts behind it, God bless the people who are caught in it, but 
the purpose behind the satanic purpose of it is to uh, stop and depopulate the earth and to stop being fruitful and multiply, which was God's first commandment. So where are you going to start? Evil is going to start at the level of the children. At the level of the children, taking away parental rights, the government's going to want to own your kids and when it's going to take off these feelings that are coming out of the spirit of confusion. And by the way, the Lord showed me that the, on the tail of the spirit of confusion is the spirit of suicide. Mm. So the, the children that are coming in that are feeling confused about what their agenda is, what on the tails of that, um, how should I say, that thought and process, when they get to the point where they do change themselves physically. You know, there's a study done at Johns Hopkins about 20 years ago, and it came out with that uh, the transgender operations that they did when they tracked the people left uh, subsequent to the transgender operations, they found that within five years, 30% committed suicide. These were adults, by the way, at the time, because 20 years ago, they weren't operating on the kids. These, these were people over the age of 18 that were having these transgender operations, and they found that 30% within five years committed suicide, and after 10 years, 50% committed suicide. And so they uh, uh, gave a, a report to the uh, psychiatry department, gave a report to the board of trustees, and said, this is a psychological problem. This is not a physical problem of, of transgender. And when a person who is confused mutilates them, their genitals, uh, then they're going to find themselves years later, they've committed an irrevocable act. And when they realize they committed an irrevocable act and they can't turn themselves back, a man who becomes a woman can't go back to becoming a man again. And a woman who becomes a man can't go back to being a woman again because of what they've done to their bodies, right? Um, and it's just an illusion in their minds. And the thought process of that leads them down the path of committing suicide. Worse than that, I was listening to a podcast by uh, Jordan Peterson, and he was mentioning that they now have a track with the parents that says, if you do not affirm your child moving to transgender, you, the parent, will be responsible when they commit suicide. I mean, it just turns hmm. it twisted around. It, yeah. it, it's so much, so diabolical that they would do this, knowing that the, the child's likely to be led towards being suicide because they are confused. And then if you don't stand up for it, the other level I, that uh, I found out too was that um, the doctors who have taken the Hippocratic Oath, the first statement in the Hippocratic Oath is do no, uh, do no evil, do no wrong, uh, do no harm, that's it, do no harm uh, to your um, patient. First thing for a doctor to say, do no harm. Yet they get released from that because affirmative care allows a doctor to mutilate a person's genitals and not be held liable because they're doing performing affirmative care yes. psychologically mind. So I, I'd like to get your take on it, Stu, because you've got so much exposure and everything that comes across yeah. your uh, radar screen. Well, I read the same statistics you do, and it's really, really sad. Emotional health levels are just in the tank for these people struggling with this. There are uh, suicide rates higher. There is uh, just a, uh, just a, you know, the word confusion is prominent. You know, the, you know who the author of confusion is, of course, you know, the devil. Hmm. And uh, a lot of these, uh, 
folks come do come from tough, abusive backgrounds, and they have uh, parents, sadly, who are. I just heard of a very famous Hollywood actress who's like, "I'm going to raise my kid, <clears throat> whatever he or she or it wants to be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick him with a gender t- title. I'm going to let him be or he or she be." And what we know from statistics and what we know from legitimate research that that child is in is is going to be way more likely to struggle with depression and all kinds of anxiety and potentially suicide. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. Again, these are major problems and the salute, what is the solution? You know, you want, you want to, you want to know what is the solution individually, the solution, whether someone thinks they're trans or bi or whatever the the language is, they need the gospel. Mm -hmm. And if you're a believer, you are called to share the gospel with every creature. Mm-hmm. That includes people who are confused in their gender. That includes people that are mad at you. That includes <clears throat> loving your enemy and loving those who hate you and despitefully use you. So there's a call for Christians to have compassion, but to speak the truth and to help. And it may cost you jail time because it is uh, like H.R. 55, a, a, a bill that I think has been tabled, but it was in front of the Senate as recent as two years ago. H.R. 55 said, basically, if you say that this is a sin, referring to homosexuality mm-hmm. or a transgender type behavior, you are guilty of a hate speech, a hate crime. You are guilty of almost a racial epitaph, you know, that that would would be horrible. But they're equating that with those things in a bill. This is law. This is uh, in Canada. Pastors have actually gone to jail, yeah. been put on probation. Mm-hmm. For, for speaking and preaching from Romans 1, from mm-hmm. the Bible, which is very clear about this issue. The Bible's never changed. They're trying to change the Bible. The Bible's never changed. The Word of God is clear. Jesus is clear in Genesis all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what God said in Genesis, you know, 1, 2, and 3 about male and female, how he created them, male and female. And that is what God has ordained as the genders. Jesus confirmed that in Matthew and Mark, Luke, and John very explicitly that there's only two genders. So this is his way, and his way has worked for, you know, 6,000 years, as long as civilization has been around. But the question deeper that I would challenge your audience, Papa Tom, and I challenge myself looking in the mirror as I talk to you, is that I can talk about marriage being redefined and marriages being, you know, all this and that. But how's my marriage? How's your marriage? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of hypocrisy with Christians coming out calling on marriage between a man and a woman when they can they can't stand their own spouse and there's all kinds of divorce within the church within the body mm-hmm. and you know so what am i doing you know we, we need we need to get prayer back in schools how evil the schools would take prayer out you know as long as there's tests in schools there's prayer in schools right well how am i how's my prayer life it's scary go look up barna go look up the average amount of time a christian spends in prayer every day wow you think god's big enough to handle my problems you think god loves me wants to draw me into an amazing relationship, yet I don't even talk to him? How much time do I spend reading the scriptures? Yeah, well, don't, don't make the Bible illegal. Don't make the Bible hate speech. Well, how much Christian do you read your Bible? The Bible is powerful. When you open the Bible, you're getting a text from Almighty God. Mm-hmm. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said, but my words will no, never pass, pass away. away. Not a dot or yeah. a tittle. Right. So here I am espousing the freedom of speech and the freedom of the Bible to be 
spread and all that. I'm angry at people for shutting it down and making it illegal and all that, but I'm not even reading my Bible. I don't even know what it says. I'm not studying it. I'm not teaching it. I'm not meditating on it at night. The last thing you should think about before you go to bed at night is a Bible verse, the Word of God. The first thing you should look at in the morning is the Word of God because God is talking to you. He's texting you intentionally all the time. The Word, Jesus said himself in Matthew 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, where God fed the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Bread from heaven, angel food, manna, and just as God fed them every day, they depended on that. Their diet was, you know, everything in that manna was perfect. No one knows what this food was, but it was perfect. It had all the protein. There's been studies done, by the way, that, that show that certain tribes of people over the years that have eaten one food, just from one food group, have not done so well because they don't have a balanced diet because one food group doesn't off, offer all the nutrients needed for the whole bo body. But manna had in it that which was everything. It was like a superfood. Well, God's given us his word per Jesus's words, interpreting Deuteronomy 8.3. God's given us his word as a superfood. He's given us his son, the living word, to abide in, abide in the vine, walk with him, you know, in in in. Drink, eat of the bread of life, right? John 6. So he's offered us all this. So yes, we need to speak out against the lack of scripture and the lack of biblical principles in the culture. But the way we live that out is to ourselves. Spend time in that word. Spend time in prayer. Let spend time building stronger families. True. Yeah, right here. Right. Look in the mirror. The finger, I'm, the finger that I'm pointing at the transgender person, I've got three pointing right back at me saying, well, what are you doing? To, uh, to live the light of Christ in your own life and to walk with Him. You know, the battle is really starts with the words. Right? The yeah. words that people use and the twisting of words. Uh, the transgender community is always bringing about, uh, and our, our government sadly is, is in cahoots with them, bringing about the changing of words and pronouns. They were, they were trying to make the uh, use of pronouns uh, illegal. <laughs> Or, yeah, or, or exactly a crime right. if you don't call a person they or he or she or she or he. Or I don't, I'm not even sure what the uh, pronouns are supposed to be, but it's the twisting of it. It's the twisting of words. It's twisting of words so uh, um, disastrously that we can't even understand the truth because we can't even define what the words that we're saying mean. No. And then the hypocrisy you mentioned before, um, how does the word actually apply to us in, in how we're living it? and how we're uh, processing it, how we are applying it in our lives. Mm. But it does start with what our, our thoughts are and our actions coming from our thoughts, but also speaking it out. You know, a, a Bible teacher once told me that the thought about meditating on the Word, you know the word meditating actually means murmuring, and that when you mm. meditate on the Word, you're supposed to be speaking it and actually vocalizing the Scripture. So when, wow. I'm, when I go to bed at night or I'm going to bed in the morning and I'm, I'm reading the word, I speak it out loud because it has an effect on the atmosphere. It literally affects me back. By my saying it with my lips, it actually affects me back. So it takes away, I mean, it reduces the, the uh, opportunity for hypocrisy to take root if I'm actually allowing it to affect me. You know, the, the scripture that says, as you know, you'll know, if you abide in him, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will make you free it's making me free because I'm actually speaking it. it, it it's actually going to have an effect on my spirit by actually speaking it. And with that, we got to go. 
So thank you very much, Stu, for all that you've done. An honor to be on with you, my friend. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep being a blessing everywhere you go. And I'm, I'd love to come back again sometime and just, just encouraged by all you're doing. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about other people that we might be able to interview that could keep promoting what we're, that God's leading yes, us sir. to promote on the air. Yeah, I'll have you on with the, the folks at Lantern Rescue. I'll connect you with them. They would be a great Oh, I was guest. thinking about that when you were talking about that. I would yes, love sir. to talk to those people. Yeah, they'd love to get their program on uh, WSIC, too, on Saturdays. It's just a real blessing. So yeah. God bless you, man. All right, take care. See ya. Bye-bye. That would be a great one, Search and Rescue. Yeah. I didn't sure. realize it, it, he had uh, access to those people. If I understand that correctly, those are actually live feeds. Rescue. Isn't that crazy?